Pushkin. Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10 times points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side by side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is accelerating innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at tmobile.com slash now. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson. Before they were legends of outlaw country, they were lost souls looking for their sound. Don't miss Mandy Moore in the new scripted Audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the birth of outlaw country music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the outlaw country music movement and its biggest stars. Hear how one woman's vision and her tiny living room, far from Nashville's Music Row, became the epicenter of a musical movement. Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in The Boar's Nest. Listen now at audible.com slash The Boar's Nest. Amanda Shires is a Texas-born singer-songwriter who got her start at age 15 when she joined the legendary Bob Wills group, the Texas Playboys, on fiddle. After starting her solo career in 2005, Shires continued to play with a number of other groups, including the 400 Unit, which is fronted by her husband, Jason Isbell. In 2019, she started the all-female country supergroup The High Women, which includes Brandi Carlile, Natalie Hemby, and Maren Morris. After the 2022 release of Amanda Shire's seventh solo album, Take It Like a Man, she released an album of covers with the late and reclusive Bobby Nelson, who's primarily known for playing piano in her younger brother Willie Nelson's family band for decades. Amanda initially elicited Bobby to play on her version of Willie's classic, You Are Always On My Mind, but they continued to record together. The resulting collection of songs became the album Loving You, which was released this past June, nearly a year after Bobby's death. On today's episode, I talked to Amanda Shires about Bobby Nelson's unfortunate start in the music business. Amanda also talks about why she feels more comfortable singing about society's big issues alongside her group, The High Women. And she remembers the time she went to Vegas and gambled away all of her band's tour money, only to win it all back after playing craps through the night. This is Broken Record, liner notes for the digital age. I'm Justin Richmond. Here's my interview with Amanda Shires. Man, great to talk to you. Oh, great to talk to you. There's a lot to talk about, but I feel like I want to start with your record with Bobby. That's a pretty special thing. I I really like that record. We had a great time recording it, and um, it was nice to return to the songs that I played growing up. I guess for people who don't know, Bobby Nelson is 
Willie Nelson's sister and longtime piano player with Willie, although she played even before she joined Willie in like the early 70s, I guess, the family band. But she was a pretty quiet person, mm-hmm. as, I'm, as I'm led to believe, and she didn't seem to collaborate with a ton of people. I'm, I'm curious how you were able to get a record going with her. Well, I'd seen her play, you know, growing up all the time with Willie, but I think she started out when she was playing music, playing revival tents and churches and all that, and then started playing with Willie and one of her exes in a band that sold alcohol and quickly got her kids taken away from her. So that put a stop to all of that. And um, in the time when she, you know, was coming up and growing up, (laughs) she was powerless is what she was Mm. and uh, had to figure out a new way to keep music in her life and get her kids back and eventually rejoin Willie. But I guess our collaboration started because I was considering putting You Were Always On My Mind on my record, Take It Like a Man. And I went down there and we recorded it. And then she decided and I agreed that we were going to make a record together. So you wanted her to be on that song for your Take It Like a Man record? Oh, right. Yes. I played it in the studio uh, with my piano player, Peter, and it was beautiful. But I just had a feeling that the way to do it right and to do it any justice at all would be to have Bobby on it. And I called and she said yes, and I sent her a bunch of orchids. And we got to the studio, we recorded it, and uh, just started talking about songs and life. And we decided that I was going to come back and we were going to make a record. And this first song we would do would be Summertime. What's it like hanging out with Bobby? Inspiring in the way that she had, like, she had knowledge of every song ever. Like, mm. you, could, you could not stump her. And then just the way she carried herself with love and forgiveness, the, the way that she just was able to forgive and lead with love. And then also, at the same time, she was very centering. She was very, she was very sure of herself um, with the piano and also very much about the point of music being to be connection with people or with whatever God you believe in and, you know, with the heart and with your, with your friends. She's really, really awesome. I don't have any tattoos, but I often feel like if I had tattoos, I would have a Ray Charles and a Willie Nelson tattoo because I feel like that kind of encompasses all of, you know, American music and all the music I I mean, Ray Charles's country record is, I still stand by it, the best country record ever recorded. You say it's the best country record? Yeah, ever recorded. Modern songs and country music, that and along with the time that it came out. And um, just, you know, there's a lot that goes with that record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. That's surprising to hear you say it's the best in your in your view. Absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. What, what makes it so good to you, like as a country record? He can play the shit out of it and it's inspired. And um, even the sequencing is great. The players are great. It's inspiring too, the, the story of it, you know, him getting his rights to his music and all that kind of stuff at that time. The I don't know. It's just fearless to me. Fearless. You know, I mean, we will all have fears. So to me, it feels fearless in the way that it was made. And then there's some incredible, you know, solos and fills and stuff that are just like, what? How did you come up with that? Yeah. Yeah. God damn, he's a great like, player. Like, you know, yeah, knows country music. It's so good. Like, how could you not? That record's the best country record. I don't care. Wow. Stand by it. I got to go. I got to revisit it. I haven't listened to it Dude, in a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. 
and to do that and be black, you know, can you believe it? Yeah. At, like during the 60s and that, you know, I don't know, just everything about it is like, there's there's a hero right there. Yeah, yeah, I understand. My first concert was a knockoff, like boys to men kind of group, but my- Was it New Edition? It wasn't New Edition. No, New Edition was dope. Okay. It was- uh, I, My first was Black Street New Edition. Black, yeah, that's a great show. That's a great show. Yeah, it was awesome. My, you remember All For One? They did. They had that song, I Swear? Yes, I do. Yeah, that, yeah, was, yeah. that, was, that was my first- <laughs> concert but my second was a garth brooks concert so oh wow being black in a country environment <laughs> it resonates yeah. i get it <laughs> right. yeah exactly i get it but that was pretty that's pretty mind-altering i'll say but like you know to my point like ray charles willie nelson like great players but you know when you really dig into Willie's music, like it's not just willie although it's willie there's much that he brings mm -hmm. to the table but it really by the time it really in my view, kind of finds his his stride in terms of recordings and, and all of that. It, you know, it, it's with Bobby and the band. She really has a beautiful way of accompanying Willie. Was it difficult to get her to consider kind of slapping her name on a record? Like, it was, it's not like as if she's accompanying you on this. It's like you mm -hmm. and her together releasing something. Yeah. Yeah, no, that was that was really easy, and it came along organically, like just sitting around playing together. I think too, it um, we'd played together some in the past. I was introduced to her first by Mickey Raphael, the harmonica player, and at that point they had me on stage to join them in the band at a show, and they're gonna have me up for one, and they wound up keeping me up for like I don't know a whole lot of songs, and then I'd always go sit in with them, but. Um, after that show, we started talking about how much we liked each other's choice of clothing that night and then the uh, solos. And, you know, we kept on talking to each other when we'd see each other. And then when I saw her, she said, we, we, we're going to make a, we're going to go on tour so we could go shopping and, <laughs> and, um, and play music. And I said, yeah, we are, but we're going to need a record. She said, we're going to need a band. And I said, we could just be the two of us. And so our plan was to go around and spend a few days in a town, play a show and buy some killer shoes. What year was this? That we recorded? That, no, 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 that, that, that you guys had that conversation about. That, know. the stuff with the clothes and stuff, that happened a long time ago, but the part where we actually were gonna make a record that happened after we recorded, um, always on my mind. Wow. Do you remember what you guys were wearing when you first met that you guys black, were so drawn? head to toe black. <laughs> and I think, you know, she, she wasn't a person that drew a lot of attention to herself, but I think that that was, she started playing so young and then she got her kids taken away so young. And then when that happened, she went to school, got a degree, started working, then was demoing pianos and working to get her kids back in, in a time when you really couldn't do it solo. And then she did it, and then that's why she rejoined after, you know, Willie, after they were good and grown and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's such an incredible uh, character, man, in person. Like, I can't imagine, like, if that had happened to me, and then I got my kids back, sure, shit, I'll sit in the back. I don't want anybody to notice, but I'm going to play. Right, because she got her kids taken away because she was mm -hmm. playing in environments that was apparently that sold unsuitable, alcohol. right, for, for Yeah, and, and they called her all kinds of names, like a whore, and her reputation was solely just for, like, she wouldn't even drink at the places, and she, you know, the churches would barely have her back. Damn. Yeah. And she was raised by her grandparents, or her and Willie were, and when her granddad passed away, they threatened to take the kids away from the grandmother, saying that they 
didn't think she could provide and didn't even give him a chance, you know, but she managed to keep him. And, but yeah, it's just, I just can't imagine. So that, that is, that's sort of the mythology around her is that she was just kind of to herself, you know, like in terms of mm-hmm. she didn't really want, yeah, wouldn't do interviews, didn't want to. Mm-hmm. I don't blame her. I mean, you don't want, you know, stay out of trouble. <laughs> yeah. That's a fascinating, but also kind of a sad story, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. A, yeah. I hadn't considered But that. like, like I said, she, she led with forgiveness and I was like, how do you get through all this trauma and then, you know, get your kids back and they're grown and healthy and everything. And then suddenly two of them, not suddenly, but then two of them die within six months of each other. And then the world is a vampire. And she said the easiest thing to do, which is sometimes hard, is to forgive. Mm. I don't know where she gets that grace, but the, the Nelson family in general seems to have that level of grace and ease about life. I mean, they are fashion forward with a lot, not fashion forward, but, <laughs> you know, with weed and all kinds of things, you know. Yeah, I mean, they were ahead of the times, mm-hmm. spiritually and culturally. Mm-hmm. You came up in the, the same town as as them? Right. Love no, it. the same state. Same state. It sounds a lot alike. Um, they're they grew up in Abbott, which is more uh, hill country esque, I guess. It. Got it. Mm-hmm. But um, but Lubbock. What I mean, what doesn't isn't that where Willie's place is now? No, there's a place in Lukenbach and one in uh, the Flores Country Store. I guess it's Perdinalis area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, Lukenbach is is a different place than Lubbock. I think they're probably six hours apart. But yeah, I'm messing up my Texas geography. It's okay. It's a big state. It really should be four. But um, <laughs> no, I grew up playing Texas Playboys music when I wasn't, you know. I thought when I first heard West Side Connection, they were playing fiddles, but it turns out it was a synthesizer. So part of my life was a hoax. Me Wait, hold trying on. to learn. <laughs> <laughs> was that like, so were you a West Side Connection fan? Were you listening to rap? I, I listened to all of it. Yeah, I have uh, clippings from when Tupac died out of the Lubbock newspaper. I watched MTV Jams countdown every day. I wrote fan letters to Tyrese. I have response letters. But from I mean, Tyrese? I have, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was like Y2, Y2K in the neighborhood, like 1999, and he signed it, stuff about Y2K and all this. But no, I was like, I listened to all the music and I learned all the music and um, yeah, everything from Gangstar to Woody Guthrie. Wow. What was, Pac's one of my favorite, I don't know. Did you see people. how they arrested somebody in Vegas yeah. in connection with the, yeah. oh my God. Yeah, yeah. I'm too deep into that rabbit hole song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We need um, to find some shit out. Yeah, no, I think I, I think it seems like they're close to figuring that out finally, which is a beautiful thing because that that was one of the most crushing things. Part of me was still hoped he was like living in an island somewhere. I always <laughs> I always have that, that hope as well. He was so larger than yeah. life, you know, it really yeah. and unbelievable. At yeah. 26, he spent a year in prison. So in 25 years, six, five, put out six albums, plus all the mm-hmm. other stuff that was recorded, plus mm-hmm. like five movies, plus. Yeah. Just all the stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's just insane, insane work ethic. What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what, I'm imagining you're joking though that you thought it was fiddle on West Side Connection. No, I, 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 yeah, on that song "Bow Down," that part goes. I was very young. How was I supposed to know about synthesizers? You thought the bow down sound. You thought that was. Yeah, yeah, I did, and I learned it. I was like, I had this dream. I was gonna join. My dream one day was to play a violin with Method Man. And while I did get to meet him um, in the Wu-Tang, I didn't ever get to play with him, but he did let me dance on stage. Did you tell him that story? 
I did it. I got, I got, uh, I'm usually good at oversharing, but that time I was like, good job, Shires. Didn't overshare. <laughs> Is that really, do you really talk to yourself that way? Like, I you- mean, you know, so when I do a good job, I mean, we all talk to ourselves in our brains. Um, and the, most of it's a beat down, but that time I was like, good job, not oversharing. <laughs> <laughs> you, I feel like, I don't know. I definitely talk to myself. I'm definitely yeah. a, a self-talker to psych myself <laughs> up. But yeah. I just assumed from your music that you were pretty sure of your movements through the world. Oh, no. God, no. Mm-mm. No. Where does the confidence in your music come from? Oh, that's only happened of late. And that's because I feel like, for me, I feel like I've always felt like I've had to have some sort of like... uh certificate or or something to say that I'm allowed to do the things that I do or call myself a thing. Like, I didn't really feel like I was much of a writer at all until I got my degree at Sewanee, although I was writing and, I mean, not the worst at it. Uh, but I don't know. I guess maybe we all have imposter syndrome. I don't know. That, everybody seems to say they have it. I know I do. I definitely have it, but I'm also like, you know, I'm not there's so much opportunity as a musician for failure and embarrassment mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and so many opportunities to be exposed as a as a fraud as it were mm-hmm. you know but yeah, it's yeah. like so it's like that's a pretty wild decision you've made to i mean i don't know how do you how do you handle that cuz it's like to have impos- i hide from most opportunities for embarrassment and failure. <laughs> and I'm able to do that in my chosen, you know, path, right. more or less. I mean, I know I can play and I know I can write, but I I don't know why it exists. I, I mean, I don't know why it exists. I guess because some things are just, maybe to me, it feels like the purpose of life, I guess, is growing and learning. It feels like you can't master anything in the world. So how could you be a thing if you can't master a thing? Like, um, we'll never truly master a violin. We'll never truly master the words on the page. I mean, they're always moving and living and shifting. And yeah. I mean, actually, now that we're talking about it, I, I'm going to think about it more because it doesn't really make you an imposter so much as it makes you like you said, afraid to fail. But I guess that's that's a beautiful thing. To your point of like words are, um, you can never master a language because language is a living, breathing thing that's always changing, evolving, adapting. Nobody will give a shit if you do it in Latin. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. The two Latin scholars alive might. <laughs> but it's like music's the same. I mean, like, you know, like, like, fiddle, violin, music, uh, any instrument's the same. It's like you're always in conversation with the current sort of time and place Mm -hmm. and leaving it up to the next sort of group of people to move it forward or backwards or just laterally or wherever, you know, in in some sort of way. It's like music for sure is always evolving and changing. And that's what keeps it hopefully interesting for years to come. It does. And then you learn a lot about how it changes depending on the folks you get in the room to play with you. And that that can be really fun. We're going to pause for a quick break and then come back with more from my interview with Amanda Shires. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with the Apple Pay purchases. And... 
1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA Salt Lake City Branch, subject to credit approval. Terms apply. It's almost here. The NYX anniversary sale starts this Thursday, May 9th at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. So mark your calendar this Thursday, May 9th for the NYX anniversary sale. Get 30% off all leak-proof underwear, shapewear, activewear, and more. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. Don't miss this. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson. How did the biggest names in outlaw country start a musical revolution? Through one woman's vision from one tiny living room. Don't miss Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in the new scripted Audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the Birth of Outlaw Country Music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the Outlaw Country Music movement and its biggest stars. Brewer helped shape the sound and soul of country music as we know it today, despite never picking up an instrument herself. Lovingly dubbed The Boar's Nest, Sue's place was an intimate staging ground where a new breed of singer-songwriters, wounded souls, wayward upstarts, would spur each other on to tap into something bigger, realer. Starring Mandy Moore and featuring Eben Moss Bacharach as Shel Silverstein and TJ Osborne as Johnny Cash, alongside a full ensemble cast, Audible invites you to enter the boar's nest and experience the rise of a musical revolution. One woman, one time, one place. The Boar's Nest. Sue Brewer and the birth of Outlaw Country Music. Listen now at audible.com slash the boar's nest. We're back with more from Amanda Shires. Who are some of your favorite people to play with? I really liked playing with Bobby, but my favorite people to play with, I love playing with my piano player, Peter Levin. He's great. I met him in the Greg Allman band when I was opening for them. Damn. And he's fantastic. And, uh, I love playing with all the 400 unit members. They're fantastic. Jason's I'll band. Just, yeah, Jason's band. They're good. Good guys, too. Uh, I recently played with the Asleep at the Wheel band, um, Ray Benson and them. They were fantastic. Uh, I mean, it's rare to get on stage and, and play with anybody that that's no good or no fun because I, I don't really operate in that world much, that no fun world. Are there some times you have? <laughs> Oh, yeah, sometimes you get into situations with um, in studios, like when I first moved to town where I worked with some people that I, like now in hindsight, know that the reason that wasn't fun was because of the people in the room. But And then you get some folks that operate in the top 40 world that have very interesting uh, facial hair and haircuts, and you're like, <laughs> you know, they're, they're like, little Napoleons running around everywhere. And I, I, you know, that's not the whole 
top 40. I'm not trying to talk shit on all of them, but there's some serious ass kissers out there. And then you try to tell them something. They're like, no, but X, Y, and Z said this. And I'm like, well, you're so boring. X, Y, and Z meaning like some industry person. Yeah. Or, right. Yeah. Right. Damn. Do you feel like a, a commercial artist, like an artist who's operating? Or do you feel... I feel like an artist, but I know I'm not in the what they call the top 40 country genre, and that suits me just fine. I, I, I don't mind wherever they put me uh, because uh, I'm not really looking to get into wars with folks that are ding-dongs releasing songs like that crap-ass Jason Aldean song. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't need to get in that argument every day. That's a piece of shit. So, I mean, you don't, you don't at all feel kinship with contemporary popular country i do with some of them but there's not there's just not enough room and and so if there's not enough room i don't want to be in your club anyway if you don't let me in the club i don't want to be in your club do you really feel like they won't let you in the club oh hell no you have to be like poised and say the right things and you have to you know believe in wrapping yourself in the american flag i, don't, I mean i mean my cousin did six tours and killed himself i'm not wrapping mm. myself in the american flag and among other things, I have no bodily autonomy, and I will talk about it. They won't let you in that club if you're going to talk about it. Wow. How do you square that with, you know, working in the country idiom, so to speak? You know what I mean? Like, because the country feels more popular than it's ever been. It's, it's funny. I, I live mm -hmm. in Long Beach, California. And okay. I was walking on the beach the other day, and I saw— Do you ever run into Giveon? No, I don't. Because uh, I heard he lives there. He lives in Long Beach? Yeah. Really? Wow. Okay. Uh, that's what I heard. Okay. I really like that. I like the previous record a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I, lo I love Giveon. Great, great mm -hmm. voice. I miss, I miss uh, baritones. Yeah. Let t tell him I need a, if he needs a violinist or a fiddleist. I will. I will. Okay. <laughs> but I see teenagers like, te like you know, Long Beach in in my history here has never been a ton of people that have like when you just out in the out in the world like on the beach particularly listening, but it's like. Everywhere I go now, it's it's country music. And yeah, it, right. It feels like a like a boom time for the genre, mm -hmm. you know. In some ways, I think there there is that just because there's luckily that the time we're in, we can find music other ways than what we're what we used to be limited to with just the regular old radio. Like now, we've got the internet and. Hopefully the algorithms don't kill everyone. But um, like they say, people over 35 don't listen to new music. I was reading that recently, too. But we've got ways that we find music and we got... People younger than 35, by the way, rarely listen to new music, too. Like it seems, Really? It doesn't seem, doesn't seem that way. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't, does it? Yeah, but it's cool because you can find music now on, you know, on the many shows you have at your at your uh, streaming platforms and your, um, you know, TV shows and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. cool. It's a lot of, lot of, find lot of, music, more music that way. I watched your, your video for, um, bad behavior and, uh, mm -hmm. a lot of people commenting, they discovered your, that song in the grocery store. Nice. <laughs> yeah. The politics of sex at the grocery store. That sounds nice. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I mean, my daughter discovered Christopher Cross at the grocery store. Really? <laughs> Yeah. Sailing? Ride Like the Wind. Oh, Ride Like the Wind. Yeah. Or whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. She's like, I need that on my playlist. It's like that and Bad Bunny. It's awesome. <laughs> Christopher Cross getting the mix. That's incredible. <laughs> the, the grocery store. Damn. That song, by the way, Bad Woman, that's, in, that's an incredible, Bad Woman, that's an incredible song. Oh, thank you. I it's mean. It's like, that's a gangster song. I mean, let's go. Let's go. Oh, when did you write that song? 
I think it was, I wrote that one on the fly, kind of like in a 10-day haze of writing. Like, I like to write a record, and then I like 10 days before or so, I get into a frenzy of, of wondering if I have the whole collection, and then I'll do one song a day. And then once I'm in the studio, I'll sometimes even write two. But my friend, Lawrence Rothman, who produced my record, they sent me a- Did a great job producing it, by the way. I love the man, sound. They're so awesome, and then when I say something in the studio and nobody hears, they have a very low voice, so they said, they'll say, she said, could you do this? This is my bad impersonation. And then and everybody's like, oh, shit, yeah. It's like it sounds like uh, the voice of God. <laughs> their voice their voice is so low, but they're such a tiny, you know, they don't weigh a lot. It's just interesting juxtaposition. <laughs> but so you, you kind of got in like a 10-day writing haze and you're always yeah, concerned you it, don't have the right material. Yeah, always. And then um, they um, they sent me this folder of what we call randoms. We call them randoms now. That's just basically tracks they've made up where where it could be drums and sometimes it'll be piano, sometimes it'll be beats, sometimes it'll it'll be different stuff. And I just would go through and listen to them. And I found that one and I really liked it and moved a few measures out and in and then had a track and I wrote to it, which was the first time I ever tried doing that, which was pretty fun, actually. You wrote to the track? Yeah, I'd never done that. And they were they were scared to send me a folder of tracks. I was like, well, I'll try anything seven or eight times. And so I wrote to that. Seven and, or eight times. That's a hell of a lot of yeah. times to try anything. <laughs> once. Because you, know, you, know, you think you'll learn your lesson, but you usually takes more than one time. Yeah, it's like, but it's like, you know, when you try something, you, and then, like, even if you did try something out or, I don't know, say, I mean, how many times have I told myself I was never going to drink whiskey and did oh, it shit. and keep doing it and then I did it again. It's like, okay, I guess it's time number eight. <laughs> That's hilarious. I'm going to steal that seven or eight times. Yeah. What, what, what about the track like appealed to you? Did it immediately resonate with you or did you sort of just take it as a, as a challenge? Like, oh, let me just see if I can write to this or. Well, it was a folder of them. So I switched through it, them right. and, and it was a, Actually, I actually wrote a verse that I wanted Giveon to sing on, but he never responds to my emails because I wanted to do a remix. But it's like, come on, man. Surely you can handle getting an email from me. Surely you've got three seconds. I already wrote it. Just go sing it. Quit being like that. It sound, it would have, that would be an incredible song for him to feature on. There, and there is a really so like, too. you know, there is a, I guess it's, I don't know, soulful R&B. There's like a vein in there through the whole record of mm -hmm. like, just it's super soulful. The whole record is incredibly... Soulful. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And really. I'm um, proud of it. Yeah. And it's really, like I said, like when I was listening, to, when I've listened to it, it's like, in, in its way, it has what resonates with me when I listen to Pac, which it kind of has this attitude. You know, it has like a real yeah. strong, like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah. Has, has that always been a part of your, you said that's sort of new to your music. Has it always been? that sort of self-assurance and confidence that you said is sort of No, just... I used to care more. I used to care more. I used to care a lot more. And then I realized, you know, I'm not trying to sound jaded or anything, but I realized how much people don't actually give a shit in return. So the reciprocation is, is a factor in my fuck giving, mm. definitely. Mm. And um, also when it comes to your art, and having uh, had a couple of near-death experiences, I, I give less fucks now than I ever did. I'm like, I'm making my art and it's going to be my way. Or you can go ahead and leave because I'm paying for the studio time. You had a couple fella. of near-death experiences artistically or, or in life? 
in life, I had a, a ruptured my, I didn't rupture it, um, but an ectopic pregnancy uh, that yeah, ruptured, yeah, right. and then I was internally bleeding all that, and then Scary. my life was spared for some reason, and it must be to keep on, keep it on, and to all that. But anyway, then, you know, the what me and my mom called the um, silly ways to die, like riding the horse around the swimming pool or something. <laughs> she has a horse. <laughs> so does my mom. <laughs> Really awesome. Yeah. I gave a bride in. That shit was terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got bucked off and ran over once, and that was it, man. I got bucked off, too, but it was because I was trying to do Jesse James stuff. Like, this was, like, just two years ago. I was like, I'm going to pick up my friend and sling her on the back, and the horse was like, no, the fuck you're not. And it bucked us both off. It was incredible. The insides of my thighs looked like I looked like I had just, like, took a beating with with, I don't know, a bunch of lipstick. When you hit the ground from the top of a horse, man, it's just, that's, I don't even know. I'd rather be punched seven to eight times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, it's, it, you feel it everywhere. It's like the sh there's nowhere for the shock to absorb except no. your own bones. No, it's the gnarliest yeah. It's the gnarliest thing I think I've ever experienced. Yeah, yeah. It feels like this is sort of a new addition to your character, personality, and music. It feels like there's like this inverse relationship between levels of fuck given and your sort of your po your popularity seems to uh -huh. does uh -huh. <laughs> does that feel true um i don't know if i'm very what qualifies as popular well it, it definitely it feels like you've had a really great three four five yeah. years yeah. no i mean i don't know i live in the country so i can't tell if i'm popular or not and i recently deleted twitter and um don't do anything on instagram but you mean, uh, certainly so you're I, playing I bigger shows aren't you i mean it feels like people know you oh, and love you these days no right i think i think i might be playing bigger shows uh i think i think so i haven't really thought about it because it was my first foray out after covid so um I had a little bit of of shows to make up there at the beginning of this record cycle of of from from covid so i think so, i guess so feels like that I, Maybe I, I am. we hear I, I hear howard stern name check you you know i hear howard stern yeah all Watch this, out. different people you know i feel like in the your music is getting better and better and better it seems mm -hmm. artists in the world it feels like there's sometimes mm -hmm. an energy around them that you can feel from afar as a as a fan, mm -hmm. as a listener. And it certainly feels that way about you. So that's, kind of, it just it seems um, ironic to me that the less you care to care, the more that people seem to care. <laughs> oh, right. Well, I care about the people that come to the show and I care about the people that are actually, you know, supporting the music and, and believe the same things I believe. I care about that a lot. That's the part where the reciprocation feels good. It's It's other other areas of, of music that that I just don't need to concern myself with because um, I'm just going to keep on making music that helps me understand the world better. And if it makes me some new friends and fans because it helped them, then I feel like mm, I feel like we're doing something right. Yeah, yeah. We have to take another quick break and then we'll be back with more from my conversation with Amanda Shires. As listeners to this show, you probably consider yourself pretty smart. But how smart is your wallet? When you're looking to upgrade your wallet, it's time to turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds has the financial smarts to help you find the right financial products for you. Before NerdWallet, you might have paid for vacations with whatever was in your wallet. But you could have been missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table. 
Now you can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. It's almost here. The NYX anniversary sale starts this Thursday, May 9th at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. So mark your calendar this Thursday, May 9th for the NYX anniversary sale. Get 30% off all leak-proof underwear, shapewear, activewear, and more. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. Don't miss this. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson. How did the biggest names in outlaw country start a musical revolution? Through one woman's vision from one tiny living room. Don't miss Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in the new scripted Audible original, The Boar's Nest. Sue Brewer and the birth of outlaw country music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the outlaw country music movement and its biggest stars. Brewer helped shape the sound and soul of country music as we know it today, despite never picking up an instrument herself. Lovingly dubbed The Boar's Nest, Sue's place was an intimate staging ground where a new breed of singer-songwriters, wounded souls, wayward upstarts, would spur each other on to tap into something bigger, realer. Starring Mandy Moore and featuring Eben Moss Bacharach as Shel Silverstein and TJ Osborne as Johnny Cash, alongside a full ensemble cast, Audible invites you to enter the boar's nest and experience the rise of a musical revolution. One woman, one time, one place. The Boar's Nest. Sue Brewer and the birth of Outlaw Country Music. Listen now at audible.com slash the boar's nest. We're back with the rest of my conversation with Amanda Shires. Are you writing new stuff now? Yes. Yes. I've got one that I'm really proud of. The sec- and I have a second one that's just kind of funny. I've been writing a bunch, but there's there's two or three that I'm really excited about. What's the one that you're really proud of? The one that I'm really proud of is living is what I call it, but it's it's super sad. And then I have this other one about Las Vegas, and then another one that's called the Talking Shires Blues, that's uh, it's like nine minutes long. Wow! Wow! <laughs> I'd like to get it to 33 minutes or 35 so it could be a whole record, just one song. <laughs> Three weeks ago, I had my very first Vegas experience. So um, How was it? I got there and I was like, damn, I think I might, I think I might move here. <laughs> it's so fun. It was warm. Yeah. And all of a sudden I was like, wait, you can drink outside anywhere you want. Like yeah. I thought we were kind of yeah. sneaking around with the drink. You know, you can drink outside. There's a, all kinds of crazy, you just, there is no sense of shame out there is what Mm-mm. I will say. No. 
And so I loved amazing. it. It's amazing. But I beat myself there's up. There's all this facade that's beautiful. And there's all this fun that you can have. There's some definitely some dark shit. It is fun. Every part of your brain gets some kind of action. It's crazy. It's it's uh-huh. out of control, but it's, it's also like, I can't, I don't know if I can, I don't know. I don't know if I trust myself back there again. Do you play when you go out there? Yeah. Do yeah, you win or do I you do. lose? Yeah, I win. You yeah, win? I win. I'm, I'm not that great at blackjack, but I, I win at craps. Like you win big or you just like, my, like, do you, are you putting down? No, you I big, mean, I win big. You're a high I roller? Mean, I, I, I accumulate it as I go and kind of progressively get more and more, you know. What's the most you've lost gambling? Well, I did take my tour float. Uh, sorry, whoever's listening that works for me. And um, I went and lost it all at Blackjack, and I took a bunch of money and won it all back. <laughs> I took it out of my ATM so I could win it. It took me, I was late for bus call. It took me, I don't know, like six hours to get it all back, but I had to go get it all back on the craps table. But the the dealer at Caesar's Palace um, remembers that day when I won all that money back. It was uh, close to $4,000. But um, I won it all back plus like $12. Wait. So I felt good about myself. Hold on, rewind the story back. Hold on, rewind the story <laughs> back. So you took your tour floats, you said? The tour float, the tour cash. Tour cash. The <laughs> cash the <merch> money. <laughs> for you guys to be on tour to live and move around and do your thing. You took that cash. And you took it to play blackjack and roulette you suck and stuff. At, we established. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And you lost it. You lost and you yeah. lost four thousand. Uh, yes, but I didn't lose it because I went to the ATM and, and got got five hundred dollars back and then spent the next uh, rest of the night uh, at the craps table getting it back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It was it was it was a thing I'm never gonna do again because it was it was it took a lot of work for twelve dollars in the positive that I left with. That was like a whole day's work for twelve dollars. <laughs> That's great. But you know, I was I was like I was like, well, I lost that at blackjack. Well, maybe if I just try hard, I could. That's the number one thing you should never do is just think that you could win it back. You should never think that. Go in there planning to lose what you want to lose, and that's all. Don't wow. take the tour money. And you and the guy, the dealer, still remembers. Oh, he still remembers. Yeah, um, you've seen him since. Yeah. yeah, they've all been working there 35, 40 years, and they remember that. And then one night, I got kicked out of the Bellagio because they thought what I was wearing was not a shirt, and I was like, "Your firstly, your suit and your tie don't match. Nextly, this is sold as a shirt. It looks like a bralette, yes, but it's a shirt. And I was wearing a sheer top over it. So I got kicked out of the Bellagio. Then I threw a fit about how they were, uh, disc- you know, you know, dress codes. What they are is that they're they're just not fair. They're meant to get like be a way out get, to kick people out of things. Anyway, so I went to Caesar's Palace where I made my friends. And that night I um, I won $2,000 and they were the same dealers. Oh my God. Yeah, that's the most I've ever won, 2000 or maybe it was, no, it was 3000 because I had to win my keyboard player's $1,000 back for him. Because <laughs> he lost his Yo, and I was like, don't. <laughs> I, I got to hear this Vegas song. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like this is your place. I mean, I like the craps tables. Yeah. I think that's going to be my place from now on. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I didn't know I was a Vegas person. And they have person. great shows. Have, did you go to any shows? Yeah. I saw, I saw, well, the whole reason we went out there is I, uh, was to go see uh, Usher. So. Oh, shit. Yeah. That's awesome. Did you see his documentary tour movie? No. I didn't know he had a documentary on his tour. 
It's like maybe it's like not this tour. It was like one of his older ones where he does like I have a DVD collection of of concert DVDs. Like Usher's one of them, and it like his dance moves and like he does his dancing and then the the shows and then does some behind the scenes stuff. Like he was late to a show one time because he wanted to spend uh, eight hours at the mall. He loves the mall. Um, I like knowing little details about things and people. You know, yeah, you knowing these details about people's lives. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a music fan. <laughs> he likes to spend time at the mall. I didn't know that about us. Yeah, yeah, he likes the mall. What else is in your your DVD collection? Your music DVD oh, collection that you value? Destiny's Child at the Fox Atlanta. Wow, that's probably a great one. That that's really 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 good, and it's um. Then I have the her other one where she has the um all the ladies playing all the instruments. You know, she was very. You know, thinking of things way before I even had thoughts of things. But that one in Atlanta, that concert is so good. Yeah, I've watched that one a whole lot. Probably too much. I'm glad it still works. I also like comedy. Do you do you know that um, Seth Galifianakis live at the Purple Onion? I think I've heard of that, but I don't think I've seen it's it. It's really funny. Yeah? It's not that big. It's like a small place, right? Yeah, yeah, the purple one. And then he's got a piano that he plays. It's really funny. I really like that. Yeah, people have told me about that. I need to see that. Mm-hmm. He's he's mm-hmm. a he's a character, that guy. I, I see him around Venice mm-hmm. sometimes, and he's... Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, That's just, awesome. Just cruising. I would like to run into him in Venice. Yeah, yeah, it's a good place to run into. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's about where I'd imagine running into him. What, what do you spend most of your time listening to? Do you listen to music a lot? Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, Like, not when I'm writing, but I listen to music a whole lot. I mean, I'm still stuck on the Scissor record. I got that. It finally came in the mail vinyl. Mm. And the 76 songs that Tom Petty and them released from Live at the Fillmore Auditorium. Oh, my God, yeah. It's like an admission. Like, Scissor hasn't quite... It's been years now. I mean, I don't know. Maybe this will never happen. But okay, Scissor hasn't so quite hit for me yet. Okay, so there's this song. Let me get my record right quick so I can tell you. Yeah. This is really good. Ray Charles at uh, Newport. That's there the record. I the, love that record. Playing with the horn. That one's so good. That's the yeah. record. That's a rare one. That's, yeah. I don't have that on vinyl or nothing, but I listen to that all the time. That's great. It's a, you gotta find. You, it's hard to find, but you could. The one that she has is if to start. If you need to start first, this is awesome record cover. Scissor. and um, there's on side three it says nobody gets me that's good and then you know the other songs are really good she's a fantastic writer my Um, friend helped write a lot of that record too tell your friend tell your friend i'm interested in in writing with that friend are you yeah why not i'm interested as hell this these songs are fantastic i'll 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 text them as soon as we we wrap yeah text him i um but that song nobody gets me i think that's a good place to start because Amazing. you okay. know it's it's soulful they don't usually lead with the soulful tracks when they're releasing a record you know they tend to put the other types out there yeah first well that's why i like that's why that's why to bring it back because i'm a master at what i do i'm just joking <laughs> <That's why laughs> <I like. laughs> take it like a man because mm-hmm. it leads i mean hawk hawk for the dove it leads off it was just soulful the whole way through man and it ends the last track, My Own Galaxy, is also an incredible song. And I love it. Also so in its way, but then it ends like it's like a heater. That guitar solo into your violin, mm-hmm. into your fiddle, I don't mm-hmm. know what you want to call it. Is... Either way, it's a violin when you're selling it and a fiddle when you're buying it. <laughs> okay, there we go. It's your violin <laughs> fiddle. It's incredible. And then if you listen to that motherfucker, because I'm lame, my 
turntables broken, so I just do almost all my listening on streaming now. But if you listen to it with like the record repeating, and you mm -hmm. do the, the little the transition from the end of my own galaxy back into Hawk for the Dove is that's a great somebody's transition. doing it right. Yeah. I always wonder if somebody's doing it right. Yeah, that's, that's a, right. Are you gonna continue working with, with with Lawrence on that? Yeah, I mean, I feel like we still have much to to see about in the music musical world. You know, I think we work well together and all that. But um, yeah, if they want to, I bet. Why wouldn't they want to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you guys seem to do <laughs> great better. work. The Christmas record they is great like, too. What else are you gonna do? Yeah. yeah. What else are they gonna do? Yeah. They better. Yeah. Are you? Are and you also have the high women going still? Does that still feel like? Does that still feel fun? And oh, that one's real fun. It kind of during COVID, we of course couldn't play, and our shows got canceled. Then afterwards, everybody's doing their own thing. But we played at the Gorge recently in Marin Morris. My friend, she said that we were making a new record, so we will be doing that. You guys are going to make a new record? Yeah, yeah, we are. We talked about that. Oh, she brought it up on stage. This time, it wasn't me that let the cat out of the wow. bag. So I was like, good job not sharing too much, Shires. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've done that before with that group, and it was... <laughs> Uh -oh. Over spoke too soon, and, and well, that's all your friends, right? So is it like if you do mess up, it's all it's all love, right? Oh or yeah, is it like it's all love. No, okay. it's all love. It's all love. We're we're um, we used to say we got married first, then learned each other, and now now our um, <laughs> now we know each other really well, and it's like perfect, it's less nerve wracking. Do you have songs that you've written specifically for that project? I do, I do. Our plan is to continue sharing our songs with each other and you know find a date to start recording and may the best song win again <laughs> was what how we did it last time how do you then okay so hold on so obviously four of y'all incredible artists on your own coming together to do the high women when you bring in a song to to hopefully get them to pick up like how do you balance keeping songs that you love for your own sort of record and how, knowing that you sort of need to bring sort of the best of the best to 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 the, that group of to me in my mind i'm i'm a little bit it's easier for me to compartmentalize the two things for my own work it's 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 um while while the high woman was my idea yes but it's um the subject matter of that is more about i say that we'll always be playing and singing as long as there's a reason and mm. there are reasons still for that band to go go on and that's for you know to keep widening the path for um all people, women, and everybody else in country music to to tell stories and, uh, you know, talk about everything from just the way that we would like to see the world different, basically. And then in our own personal stuff, yeah, we could do that. But um, to me, it feels easier to do in a group scenario, sing about things that are you know, the injustices of the world or the ways that not everybody's equal in, in a group, it feels more comfortable for me and more safe to do, to make it feel more like a gang. In solo, I've done a couple of things like that. And it's just, it's just, it's hard because you have, you know, it's just you singing that song about abortion. There's a you singing that by yourself up on stage. And I just like the that it feels safer to do with with other folks on stage yeah. that feel the same way as you do. And then with my own music too, I don't want to be singing all those songs all the time. And I want to sing songs and make them up and make the world change. I don't want to be li living 
these songs and seeing how slow it is every day, that that'd get me down in a bog. So I have other things I want to explore, either via my own self and stories or the stories that other people tell me within their, you know, life's ups and downs, woes and whatever. I don't really write joyful songs, so it'd just be dirges. Amanda Shires and her dirges. There's some, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, dirge. But, you know, I guess, as I'm thinking about it, like Neil Young's Southern Man is kind of a dirge, but it also is like, oh, yeah. song fucking yeah. gets me going, you know, at the yeah, same exactly. time. So yeah, yeah, a dirge exactly. can be, it's not like, yeah. you know, it can be both a dirge and sort of uh not necessarily down. I would because I wouldn't classify I wouldn't classify your records as downers or or like, you know, anything that oh, sort yeah. of makes me They're feel not, bummed out or yeah. That's true. They aren't that. It's a. Uh, you're right. Do you feel like you're still exploring the same themes as Take It Like a Man? Is that are there? Mm-hmm. The Some stuff- of them I do. I do still think there's 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 more to say about the nature of being a person that's uh, multidimensional. I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I just do. I just do my best, and and um, we'll see what happens. You certainly do contain multitudes in the thing. I mean, my own galaxy. That that. That stuff you talk about, about, you know, it's like the the juxtaposition of it's like I both, you know, am doing the dishes and doing the grocery yeah. list and, yeah. and cooking up dinner and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But also it's like, you know, there's the A whole nother me whole here other too. dimension yeah. of you as well. Yeah, yeah Beyond exactly. The, the domestic stuff that parenting, uh-huh. you know, yeah. and marriage and family uh-huh. brings. And uh, yeah, exactly. That. I can't say I experience life the exact same way as you, obviously, but as a married person with kids, I yeah. that does resonate with me. Like that need, that feeling of like, man, I am st- like, fuck, I am two <laughs> people existing at once. And how do I, yeah. how do I satiate both things and honor both exactly. things? You know, it's, that's a tough, true. Tough, it is tough true. thing to figure out. It's a tough balance to figure out. And then you do go to Vegas and you're like, damn, I miss my kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. How am I supposed to have any fun? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's always the damn catch-22. You can't yeah. wait to get away. Yeah. You plan it, yeah. you get away, and you just, you just pine for your, your kids. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's really true. sad. Well, cool. Thank you for, for chatting. No, thank you. Thanks to Amanda Shires for the music and for talking to us on Broken Record. You can hear our favorite songs from Amanda, as well as her latest album, Take It Like a Man, and her album with Bobby Nelson called Loving You on a playlist at brokenrecordpodcast.com. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash brokenrecordpodcast, where you can find all of our new episodes. You can follow us on Twitter at Broken Record. Broken Record is produced with help from Leah Rose, Jason Gambrell, Eric Sandler, Nisha Vincut, and Sophie Crane. Our podcast is engineered by Echo Mountain. Broken Record is a production of Pushkin Industries. If you love this show and others from Pushkin, consider subscribing to Pushkin Plus. Pushkin Plus is a podcast subscription that offers bonus content and uninterrupted ad-free listening for $4.99 a month. Look for Pushkin Plus on Apple Podcast subscriptions. And if you like the show, please remember to share, rate, and review us on your podcast app. Our theme music's by Kenny Beats. I'm Justin Richmond. Every week at Broken Record, we meet with legends of the industry to uncover the meaning behind the music, the strategy and history that separate the good from the truly great. That's what Mark Chaikin does, but for the U.S. stock market. Mark is a creative legend in his own right. 
He worked on Wall Street for 50 years, invented three new indices for the Nasdaq, and has predicted some of the biggest market shifts of the past decade, including the recent mania in AI stocks. Now, Mark says, we're seeing a similar shakeup in the financial markets. He's calling this a new dawn for the U.S. stock market and predicts dozens of specific stocks will soar in the next 90 days. He put everything you need to know in a new presentation specifically designed for people off Wall Street. You can watch Mark's presentation for free at newstocktrend.com right now. Again, the link to watch is newstocktrend.com. That's newstocktrend.com.